Guys, I'm trying to quit smoking. It's about that time again where I gave it a go. It's been tough, man. I It's been about a year since I, I went back to cigarettes. I was off it for six months, six full months from like September 2020, maybe like close to seven maybe, but like from late September 2020 all the way into March 2021. I was cigarette free and I was on top of the world. I was like, I may as well have just been a guy walking around feeling orgasmic all the time, like just feeling like a sex god. That's how liberated you feel when you get rid of smoking, when you get rid of all that. After that like two-week hump, you feel like you can do anything. You feel like you can just walk up. You feel like you can just walk up to people and go, give me the digits. Give me your number. What's your Instagram? What's your fucking anything? You feel like you could just go to a nightclub and fuck. You feel like just a whole new person. And I've heard other people make similar claims. Like You feel like you just want to do everything. You, it, it, it is an achievement when you quit smoking. It, it really does feel like that thing that you, you couldn't. People have been saying you can't do it so hard and then you do it. And then when you go back to smoking, it feels like it just all went down the drain. You feel like a true failure. And it's similar to anybody who goes back to something that they've quit. Obviously, I'm not comparing myself. You'll hear these people who, you know, they quit smoking. They go, it was the, really the hardest. It was really the hardest thing that I ever quit. It was really the hardest thing. Really? Is that, fuck. I've never seen heroin addicts who have been like, yeah, no, I, uh, I was on... I was on the H for a long time. I was taking that junk, just shoving a needle into my vein every day, three times a day. And it was, you know, uh, but then all I did was just chew gum and drink water and uh, meditate, and it all went away. I forgot about all those cars that I robbed and people that I stuck up at gunpoint. They all forgave me. No, but I was six months without the smokes, and it was amazing. I don't know how many times I have to say it. it was an amazing six months. But then I remember March 2021 hit and we were in the middle of the pandemic and we had that first mild sunny day. It was a Saturday. I remember it vividly. And I remember just it was one of those things where your brain just goes back to that time period and any addict of any kind, again, not comparing myself to hardcore boozers, hardcore drug addicts, but anybody who's ever been addicted to something they your brain goes back to that thing that just reminds you of the time where you were doing it and you were happy and you felt zen and you felt you like you went back to that place and i remember just driving and you just i went back to that flashback period of just me being in my pat my parents patio drinking a beer smoking a demorier or a marlboro red or something like any any cigarette that i could get my hands on and doing that and I, I just, I, I couldn't help myself. I remember I just went to the gas station, bought a pack, lit up, and it felt amazing. And I was just, I was back. It, it felt amazing at that moment, but like I, I knew that I had fucked up. And then that day, I was also off the booze for a time, and I went straight to the liquor store, bought some low-calorie crack canoe because I'm a bad batch, and I started drinking that. So I spent the rest of the night just drinking and smoking. And... Before I knew it, I was just back on the smokes all the time, lighting up. And here I am, uh, facing the same conundrum, just wanting to get off of it. I, you know what? At this point, cigarettes, 
cigarettes are like it's like an abusive relationship it's this thing that you're just like man i just i i love her man i love her but she's hurting me i love her but i I can't live without her but man it's just it's hard to breathe when i'm around her all your friends keep saying hey man you you better run away well i i can't run that's how bad it is No, like I'm still in good health. I exercise. I'm trying to eat well, but this is my vice, really. It's the smoking, and you know, uh, I'm. I think I have the booze under control. During the beginning of the pandemic, it was shitty, but I think I have that kind of under. It's it's this cigarette thing, and the problem is, like, people just you feel dirty after you've been smoking for a period of time. You feel like because no, not as many people do it anymore. If I was back in the 1940s, 50s, where guys were just fucking like like Mad Men era, where guys were just drinking whiskey at 8 in the morning, looking at a fucking lingerie ad, just a parliament in their mouth, or a Lucky Strike, or whatever stupid brand that they have on that show. Whatever golden thing that they had, I forget what it was. But like I go, I go out now, and you just feel like society has rejected you. Everybody's inside having a fun time, cigarette-free, nicotine-free, and I'm just out in the, just staring in through the window, just like an outcast. You're like, uh, uh, one day, one day I will be amongst you. But for now. Cigarettes are really the only, it, it really is the one addiction. There's probably a couple others, but I'm, I'm sticking with this one. It's the one addiction people can still look down on now and shame you for. Everybody's like, no, he's an alcoholic. You can't shame him. It's a disease. It's a disease. Heroin addiction, disease, fentanyl, whatever, pills, all a disease. People have sympathy for more sympathy than they did. There's less of a stigma around those diseases because people are starting to, to realize that these people have legitimate problems. Smokers, people who are addicted to smoking, they're like, yeah, whatever, fuck you. Just don't do it on our patio. Nine feet, vagrant. Yeah, but I'm, I've been doing the nicotine gum. That's been a task because it, it tastes terrible. It's it's It really is them just giving you one last punishment for, for polluting your body with cigarettes. It's just them reminding you of, yeah, okay, you, we'll help you quit, but uh, we're just going to just just chop on this gum that tastes like charcoal mixed with alcohol, mixed with sulfur, mixed with whatever. It's just a terrible feeling. It, it tastes like one of the medicines that they used to give children in the 1800s to fight off whatever fucking, whatever disease just made your dick or fucking ears fall off, whatever they had back then. It was a terrible time before vaccines came along. Yeah, so I've been chewing away at that. Uh, but it hasn't worked. To no avail. It's just, I I was doing that all day today. And then I went back at night. I was out doing a show. I was doing a set. And I went over to the gas station and just, like, took, you know, bought my usual 20-pack. And again, you feel like you failed. You feel shitty because I, I went the whole day. I could have done it. But then you just have that the, those jitters of... I don't know what it is, those anxious, and you just need a smoke. And then you get your smoke, 
you feel good for 40 seconds, and then it's back to feeling like trash. I guess it's just me having to suck it up. I guess I, I really do just have to have... I really do gotta, you know, put on that sort of game face the way people did three generations ago. You know, when the world was falling apart. Not that it's great now. But when the world was just pollution and polio and a dictator wanting to take everything over and, oh yeah, uh, the Great Depression and people eating out of dumpsters, those people really, I don't know how they would fare today. I don't know, you know what, fuck it, I don't know how this generation would fare back then. Like, if we if we found out that time travel was a thing, and we just started as, like, a punishment, hypothetically, taking the worst social media influencer and putting them in a time machine and bringing them back to, like, I don't know, 1920s Ireland, when nobody had anything, and the kids just walked around, they went to school with soot on their face. People were missing toes for whatever reason. If you were acting up in class to discipline you, your teacher would fucking, you know, just grab you and just fucking grab you by the foot and just hang you upside down and just fucking shake you and then throw you into the chalkboard. That's what the Irish do. They're strong enough. Even their women are like bodybuilders. <sighs> no, but I wonder how some of those kids would fare if they, if they were brought back to one of those times. Like, and they couldn't... They couldn't use their phone for a day. If we just brought them back for a day and just told them, hey, uh, take your Merce and your Gucci slippers and just walk down that alleyway past that pub and just see and see what happens. I wonder what they do. That first guy sees them and just starts rolling up his sleeve like, hey, what are you doing? I don't like your slippers. What kind of slippers are those? I don't like them. What is that, alligator skin? Why do you think you're better than me? What are you, an Englishman? What are you, a limey bastard? I don't like you. I don't like you. They'd, they'd get like an anxiety attack because everybody has to like them now. Everybody has to love them. You don't like... What? What? Can you... I'm sure, I'm sure you'll like me if you just, if you just follow me on TikTok. I, I twerked to Meg the Stallion. Who the hell is Magna Stallion? Who the hell is she? You talking about you talking about Maggie to Clydesdale? Yeah, she sucks a mean one. She sucks a mean one over by the uh, over by the docks. I know a lot of Irish people who will the second they hear this, if they do, if they are listeners, which they probably aren't, they will. <laughs> They'll be like, that, that Irish accent, no, it's, you better drop that. Don't do it around me. No, I, I think that would be crazy if, you know, I, I don't think any of us would fare well at all in that time period. And my ancestors are Irish, so I can maybe get away with that a bit. That's the one thing about the Irish. They really hold, like, 
I mean, Italians can say, like, people of Italian descent can tell an Italian person, like, oh, yeah, no, my ancestors were, I'm Italian. My ancestors were from uh, the uh, Cal- Calabria. I had some, uh, I had a great-grandfather from Sicily and all those, and then it's, it's kind of like, you know, there might be a little bit of shit and some stuff, but they'll kind of be taken in as a paisano, right? The Irish, man, if your dad did not come from fucking Killarney, if he was not born in a fucking speakeasy in County Cork, you ain't Irish. They they don't claim you. And I kind of think that's beautiful. There's too many guys walking around, that, you know, claiming ancestry that they that's so distant. You got a guy, his name, his last name's Hamish. And he's like, yeah, man, my, my family's, uh, yeah, I'm from Sicily. Yeah, I'm from Sicily. You had a lot of guys like that. I knew, I knew a guy who had a Scottish last name in high school. And he just always hung around the Italian kids. And the Italian kids just looked around him like, your, your mom's not making fucking tortellini on the weekends. You're not one of us. You're not one of our guys. And like I, I'm not one to talk, man. My la- I have a Dutch last name, which people th- a lot of people think it's French for whatever reason. It's a Dutch last name. Apparently, if, if if I was to go back to Amsterdam as a Dewitt, I would be treated like a god. I could probably get a freebie in the red light district. Oh man. Yeah, but you'd have everybody. Everybody's always just claiming ancestry that they clearly don't have or they have maybe like a sliver like a drop of something but that's that's the one that they claim because a lot of the time they're trying to make up for it i got a little italian ancestry that's why i goof on them so much because i do feel like <laughs> i'm like hey you know, i'm like one eighth on my grandfather's side i mean my dad to make up for his lack of italian ancestry like just all throughout my childhood it was just italian food it was just like hey have you ever tried the uh the like you know it was almost gibberish like it was just shit that i i've never heard of before he probably never heard of before but i remember one of my uh my aunt my mom's sister she married an italian guy and i i love that guy he's great uh he's my uncle like i don't know why i'm fucking sounding like i'm distancing myself no he's my uncle and like i guess my dad whenever my uncle would come over he'd be like yeah yeah i just cooked uh i just cooked uh this shit from uh, from Pisa, from uh, whatever the uh, Pisa region, whatever it is. Yeah, it's called Sanabalele, Bonapacella Celele. And my uncle would be like, "Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You think you're, uh, you think you're, uh, you think you're one of our boys." My dad would memorize all the names of everything. Probably rehearse it in the mirror before he came over. He'd probably do like the hey, like in Glorious Bastards when they're speaking Italian to uh, the Nazi guy. Oh man, this quitting smoking thing, man. It's it's gonna be a task. I can do it, but it's gonna be a task. I have a little bit of... There's a commotion outside in the hallway. Uh, a less experienced me would have paused it, but uh, I don't know. Is it a boyfriend, girlfriend, something? 
Someone, I just heard someone say, get your ass over here right now. Is she talking to a dog? There's no animals allowed in this building. I feel like I should uh, embrace my inner Karen and maybe phone the super. Okay, now I just heard the outside door. I don't know, this feels like the beginnings of a horror movie. Am I hallucinating? Is that even a thing? Is that even a real thing? Or is it just my mind going? Maybe maybe this is maybe these are the consequences of living alone. Maybe I do need to uh get a lovely lady to move in with me, split the rent, live happily ever after, I'll make bacon and eggs. I can only do scrambled, lady. Don't you start fucking Nagging me over. Why don't you make an omelet? No. I want Jordan Peterson to help me quit smoking. I should call that guy up. I wonder how much he charges. You've got to search within yourself. You've got to... You You need to jump... It's probably some weird fucking allegory. You've, you've got to jump on the back of the orangutan and run into the jungle. All right. Yeah, I'll get right to that. Uh, so, will that, you know, will that clear everything up? Will I be, you know, off of them in less than three weeks? That's all he does. It's just weird allegory after weird allegory. I almost feel like Jordan Peterson has this, for allegories, he almost has the same, remember that South Park episode where, is it, where they were, they were shitting on Family Guy? Where it turns out the Family Guy writers are just a bunch of manatees that are just given like these random little, they push these random little balls with a word on it, and then the balls kind of all line up, and whatever words are beside each other, that that's their, that's their show. So it'll be like Bin Laden, Catholic priest, cheeseburger, and then whatever. That was what they would joke about for that day. That's what I feel like Peterson has. He just has, he has orangutan, ocean. Postmodernist and <laughs> postmodernist is always in there. Yeah. You you've got to you've got to fight the lemur. You've got to fight the lemur in the desert. In front of the postmodernists. You've got to do it. He's always moving his hands. He's always twiddling his fingers too. I don't trust a person who twiddles their fingers like that. I mean, I'm pretty mixed on him. I don't fucking hate the guy. I don't do any, like, again, like, these people are just, like, constantly, like, he's, Jordan Peterson will fucking, he will turn all your children into the new Third Reich. I I really don't think that's what his goal is. But he is a, a strange man, and I don't, I, I don't hang on every word of his the way a lot of people do. You'll see this guy, he's just dressed like a lounge lizard, and he's stopped drinking and doing cocaine. I'll be like, hey, so, like, you know, what have you what have you been doing? Like, what have you been up to? Like, oh, I've just been reading Jordan Peterson's book every night before I go to bed. And he talks like this, too. He used to, he used to talk like that. Now he just talks like this. He's enlightened. I just talk like this. Megan the Stallion. Megan the Stallion's a trollop. She's a real trollop. And you can't trust the trollops. You know why? Because that's tyranny. Trollops are... <laughs> Fuck. I don't know where I'm going with that. Again, if you try the bit and it doesn't land, it doesn't... Yeah, it's whatever. You gotta move on.
What was I going to say? There's also these people that are telling me, hey, man, don't smoke cigarettes. Smoke weed. Smoke weed. I'm not doing the weed. I'm not. I don't have that personality. I just know myself. I've, I've known a ton of it. Here, here's one of the things. I've never really spoken about weed much. I was around so much of it in high. I just, I was never given a good example of a pot smoker. I was never given, and again, like that's, that's how little experience I have with weed. I re- still refer to it as pot. Okay, I sound like your fucking dad who grew up in 1975 who's just trying to sound cool in front of the kids. Hey, are we smoking a little grass today? We puffing the old Chiba? No, I'm not going on weed. I was never given a good example of anyone who smoked weed. It's just all the people that I knew, whether it was cousins of mine on whatever side of the family, whether it was idiots at school, whether it was people that their parents, a lot of them smoked weed or let them light up around the house, whatever it was, it just kind of spooked me from a young age. And like, again, and I sound like such a square saying that, but it it really did kind of turn me away from it where I was just like, I didn't. I never fared well with it, and it is what it is. But, I mean, and it's also, like, it was one of those things, because I grew up in that generation where they pumped they pumped the bullshit into you. They pumped in, like, the, they pumped the propaganda into you from a young age. And I'm not trying to sound like this conspiracy guy was, like, it was all, it was all government propaganda, man, and the, the man's big brother's watching. But, I mean, the shit that they would say about marijuana and some of the lies that they would tell, where it was, like, they would get a guy, everybody would crowd into the gymnasium, and this guy would come out in a wheelchair with no legs and an eye missing, and he'd just be like, you, you, you want to know how I got like this? Kush. That's right. A friend of mine offered me some Kush, and fuck, man, next thing I know, I'm just, my intestines are fucking lying out on the highway. I got my, my legs missing. My wife left me the whole thing. Or it'd be some guy who was like in prison who was just like, I smoked one joint of marijuana and I smothered my entire family. And we're all just walking around like, what the fuck, man? There's kids looking at each other just like, didn't, didn't we do that shit at Gary's party the other day? Holy shit, we should we better get off of this. So again, like after hearing just all of that shit, you 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 get this preconceived notion, you develop a preconceived notion that anybody who's fucking up in life, no matter what they've done, big or small, it it's got to be weed. It's got to be weed. You'd see these news stories about a guy running out into the street with a machete, just I I'm just like looking at that guy, I'm like fuck man, he must really hit the bong. Everybody's got a thing. Everybody's got a vice. Everybody's got something that they do. And again, like, I'm not looking down on people. I mean, for me, like, I, I always say to myself, one drink, one drink, and then I'm out of here. Because I don't want to go the rest of my life not boozing. I don't want to go the rest of my life just saying fuck no to booze and never ha- wanting to, having to be around it. And I'm, I'm never able to have a drink, never able to enjoy myself. You just got to fucking apply that discipline if you can. Unless you're an alcoholic, then it's a whole different thing. But for me, like a heavy drinker, I got to learn to discipline myself a little bit better before it gets bad or I just get miserable. Everybody's got a fucking vice. 
I'll say to myself, I'll be at I'll be at a club, a comedy club late at night. I'll be like, okay, I'm just having one drink, and then that's it. I'm having one drink, and then I'm I'm on stage with my fourth fucking Coors Light in my hand. I'm not even drinking good beer. I'm drinking glorified urine out of a fucking can, and it's like seven bucks. I can't do it anymore. But again, like boozing, it feels good. It feels great. Just all like throughout my twenties, just going to the bar. I remember you, you like a Friday, Thursday night, it'd be Thirsty Thursday or the Friday night special, whatever it was. I remember like my I remember my my order starting out for the night was I want to get a pint of Budweiser. Again, more sophisticated piss, but piss nonetheless. A pint of Budweiser from the tap, which they later got rid of, and a shot. That was my uh, that was my order at the old JJQs on Dundas and Winston Churchill and the old SOG, which I will probably be going back to for Easter weekend. I will be making an appearance because that's my watering hole. You ever gotten so drunk that you just end up at the strip club? You don't even know how you got there. It's like science fiction. You just fucking. It's it's kind of neat. I I like to I like to pretend I teleported. You have one drink at your friend's house. Next thing you know, you you find yourself standing at an ATM with a Bulgarian woman around your arm, just like you said you'd tip me three hundred, Daddy. I like to in that moment just freak out, like <laughs> what year, what year is it? What year is it? Tell me what year is it? Two thousand twenty-two. Oh my God, the machine failed. Strip clubs are a weird place, man. They're a weird play, and again, like people always say, it's 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 both miserable clientele and miserable employees. It's it's just a fair balance of the two. You have you have drunk guys that are in there to see naked chicks, and then you have naked chicks in there to swindle drunk men, right? Because they want to get paid and they want to they want to get the money, want to get as much money out of these guys as they possibly can. So it's just this weird balance of like both sides don't respect each other. There's no real moral high ground there. And that's not me shitting on strippers. That's just the job. And I've spoken to many of them. Had a few convos in a past life. But, I, I mean, strip clubs are, they are a volatile place, man. They're, they are a volatile fucking place. It is just, it's just dark in there all the time. It's just dark and depressing. I've heard many wild strip club names. In the past, none of them are named nuance. I'll just say that. And it's always just those two... It's always, it's always two demographics of people. It's always drunken frat guys, younger guys, late 20s, early 30s, whatever, or just the lifers. And they're at the front of the stage. They're at Perv's Row. They're just looking up, just going, I had a daughter like you once. She is on OnlyFans now. It's nothing but doom and gloom in that joint. But it is a dark place, man. It's like, again, it it's... Fuck, man, you got just a bunch of drunk, horny dudes staring at titties that they can't touch. And sometimes they're real. 
That's hardship. Strip clubs are like prison for criminals who haven't been caught yet. That's how I feel. Just everybody just wants to kick the shit out of each other. It's just sex-starved men all just wanted to throw down. All just stuck in this one place. Sometimes you can't leave if you don't have a wristband. It's terrible. I'll end with this. My craziest strip club story ever. I remember there was this uh, this dancer who ran out of the VIP room. She was like yelling. She was screaming. She was like, oh my God, this is terrible. And you, you couldn't make out what she was saying. But then this guy just comes out with his shirt off. Just fucking, fucking, like, and you couldn't make out what he was saying either. Like, there's, there's something, there's a point in the night where a guy gets so drunk when he starts yelling, it just, he sounds like a South Park character. He's just like, blah, 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 And that was him. Just a fucking machine gun of just drunkenness and stupidity just coming at you. So I remember the bouncers. Again, you you gotta whenever there's an incident at that place, you gotta get control of it really quickly because it's like contagious. Like a couple guys are fighting over in the corner, a couple guys in the other corner are gonna start fighting, and just they're gonna start going at it. It's gonna be like a prison riot, right? It's just gonna be just guys fighting, fucking chairs flying, a knife pulled out, maybe like whatever it is. Like hopefully, if the security did his job, that won't be the case. But. It's just a crazy thing. So again, the bouncers who are aware of this science, if you're a bouncer worth your salt, you will be aware of this. So they just run over to this guy. I remember they fucking grab him. He doesn't even have a shirt. I don't know where his jacket went, where anything went. But again, like he was probably just, I don't know, something happened in the thing and she came running out. But they fucking grab this guy by the arms. Another guy picks him up by the legs and they pull, they carry him out and it's like casino. They fucking open the door with his head and just throw him out into the gutter out on the street. So Bouncer comes back in, just kind of washes his hands. Hey, everybody, go back to what you were doing, this and that. It's over. About 20 minutes later, me and my buddies were just sitting there for the night. We just found ourselves there, whatever. I go out for a cigarette. And again, you ever seen the stripper congregation? It's just a, gr- a group of strippers. Like, they're all just dressed in parkas out in, the, like, a circle. Just to kind of, like, just, just for warmth, both physical and emotional. And they're just kind of just in a circle. They're wearing, like, winter jackets. And it's, it's sometimes in June. Like, just whatever. Like, that's, I don't know, the style. Who am I to judge? But I go out there, and the stripper congregation outside is, th- they're freaking out. Like, they're just going, like, I can't believe this. This is insane. This is whatever. So I look over. I, I, look, I just look. I'm like, what's everybody chatting about? Whatever, this and that. And I look over on the other side, like, to the left. And it turns out that the guy, after being thrown out, had taken a steaming dump right next to the door, right by the entrance. And whole, when I say holy shit, I mean literally, sir. It was top 10 craziest things that I've seen, I would say. There was, there was like an, there was an impact crater from this. It was like the rock that killed the dinosaurs. And I remember it was super foggy out that night. So like I, I asked him, I'm like, so what happens? Like one of the strippers was like, the guy took a shit and then just fucking walked. He just, he just walked away. So the guy just took a dump right by the door, and then disappeared into the fog. I can't think of something more gangster than that. I mean, the guy was obviously a douche, 
and whatever. Like, he upset that dancer, but did whatever to upset that dancer. He's probably a creep, but he fucking just disappears. Wherever that guy's, wherever he is now, I hope he cleaned up his act. And, I don't know, his, I hope he cleaned up his hygiene. Something's Odd Podcast, follow me on Instagram, Something's Odd Alex DeWitt, follow me on TikTok, I'm doing some kind of funny things over there, I'm doing my own like little weird videos, it's, I'm not doing the lip syncing thing or the fucking, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not gonna be like some grown man, you know, speaking like a baby, like the, the, the lips, they'll mouth the words that a baby's saying, like, I'm tired, I'm tired, I want my cereal, you're 43. Ugh, I wish I could just teleport this guy back to 1920s Ireland. Sums up podcast, everybody. Decades.